I was reminded of something that Alex said to me a couple of weeks ago while we were like, we were on the call. I think we were waiting for you to join still. And I told Alex, like, I'm sorry if I look disheveled. I've been a little sick and I've been just kind of hanging out at home all day. I mean, I feel like I, yeah, if I look disheveled or whatever. And he was like, Edwin, in all the time that I have known you, you have looked exactly the same. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he's like your hair is the same you pretty much dress the same <laughs> yeah i can't really imagine like what <laughs> what you would even look like disheveled <laughs> you would but have to literally this... be dressed in rags like yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like you just walked out of a fire or something mm-hmm. you'd be <laughs> like i'm i'm like uh angry andy like i'm like i'm drunk now i'm not yeah. What was that <laughs> accent? Yeah. Yeah. yeah you'd have um, to be in overalls covered in soup or something. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> out of paper, out of stock. There's friendly faces around the block. Break loose from the chains that are causing you pain. Call Michael and Stanley, Jim Dwight Creed. Call Andy and Kelly. Free business paper needs or Dundam if then the people purchase paper people Dundam. Hello and welcome to the Michael Scott Podcast Company, a show for fans of The Office, by fans of The Office. I'm your host, a weird little skeevy guy with no waist, Sean Roney. And I'm Edwin James, and I'm four seasons in a day. I got that autumn thing going, but if I were a blue, it's springtime in the Rockies. <laughs> uh, w- w- every week, uh, or with us as all, uh, this week our producer of the warehouse is uh, out of town, Mr. Alex Ward. Uh, it'll just be Edwin and me for today. Every week we get together and talk about our favorite show, NBC's The Office. Uh, Edwin, stop the fake prissy act. Join the real world. Sex contracts exist. <laughs> this week we're talking about viewing party from season seven. Uh, and then after that, we'll head to the conference room to uh, talk about uh, some news that came out re- regarding the Office reboot. Um, before we get into all that, a little housekeeping to start off with. Um, uh, if you uh, if you like the show and want to support it and maybe get some extra content, you can join us on Patreon, patreon.com slash Michael Scott. Uh, also, it's uh, worth mentioning, uh, uh, as always, that we're <laughs> launching a new show a new podcast called Captive Audience, uh, which this week is going to be uh, Who Framed Roger Rabbit. So um, if you've been enjoying those episodes that have been coming out on the MSPC stream, uh, please go subscribe uh, to to that podcast. Um, uh, all right, cool. Well, let's get into uh Well, wait, before, before we jump into the oh, episode, sorry. Sean, I have yes, to remind yes. our listeners that we also have a Discord that you can join. Um, and if you are a member of our Patreon group, our Scott's Tots on Patreon, you get access to a uh, Tots exclusive channel within the Discord. But we hope you join us on Discord. The link to that is available in the show notes and in our Instagram bio. Um, but anyway, all that said, um, maybe I can take you through why we're going to talk about viewing party today. That would be spectacular. Ah, I'd love to. I'm so glad. I asked myself to do that. So um, <laughs> it's weird. Uh, I was watching the messes up the balance. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm all out of sorts. I'm like Dwight and I'm like Dwight in the long sleeves. It's like a straight jacket. Yeah. <laughs> um, 
this week we're talking about viewing party. Uh, I was watching The Office, as one does, and this episode came on, and I really, really had a good time watching it. It seemed to kind of dovetail with our new show, Captive Audience, and don't worry, it's not going to be a episode-long plug for that show, although you can, you should and can check that out in this feed or in its own feed wherever you get your podcasts. Um, but doing that show and watching this episode just kind of made me think about the concept of viewing parties and how much this episode tapped into that. Um, beyond that, like it's just a great episode from season seven. Um, and a lot of really funny moments, a lot of really funny lines, a lot of very subtle, small acting moments and little quotes, little things, um, that kind of stand out that are all kind of gathered together in this very unique, it's sort of a bottle episode. They don't have to be there, but they are all kind of gathered in this unique, um, situation together. Yeah, this is a, a good one. I forgot like, um. I mean, there's some it's it's a weird episode. It feels like its own like NBC plugging its other show, Glee. Um, He was on Fox. That is it really? Yeah. Oh, wow. Okay. well, that's funny. I I mean, uh, that's so bizarre. I I feel like that's a weird thing for for uh, two different networks to uh, to do together. <laughs> but uh but yeah i don't know i guess i forget that there are some really classic moments in this episode like the cold open and and uh some other great lines uh but it, yeah it feels weird they're not they're in gabe's apartment which feels like a staged apartment almost um it's very big and yeah yeah it is very big <laughs> yeah uh and and really like it, it it doesn't have a ton of personality outside of uh his um his uh, Asian man cave, uh, which is just a couple shelves on the wall with uh, some stuff on them. Um, yeah, but maybe a good place to start is the cold open for this one, since it's uh, a pretty famous uh, topic as it fuels conspiracy theories about the show. Yeah, it's Grand Strangler. They're all watching uh, the news as the Grand Strangler is in, involved in a car chase. Um, I love Michael recounting the news from the news as if he's the one giving the information. Um, <laughs> yeah. And then, you know, of course, everyone everyone's watching and they're watching together. And there's, there's some funny lines about that. I, I really like um, the line about encouraging copycats. It's like, why do you have to bring cats in this? You can just say copy. Yeah. <laughs> um, but then Michael runs down to the to gather up the gravel from the road where this grand strangler drove by. Um, he's yeah. going to keep it for his grandchildren. He's so proud of the fact he's the only one who sees the cop car go by and he's like, he's so proud of it. <laughs> it's that's one I of these moments where like Michael doesn't really get to dwell in it very long, but when Michael knows a secret or Michael is the one that has like a little bit of something that everybody wants a piece of, he enjoys it so, so much. Like you think about the gossip episode, you think about his quitting story. Um, mm-hmm. He know the crime aid episode, like with the Bruce Springsteen tickets, when he's got something that everybody wants, he really, really relishes it and really wants to milk it as much as he can. <laughs> I do like to think about here too, that like uh, props had to have a, have a bag of gravel today, just <laughs> for when he <laughs> scrapes up some rocks off of the, off of the road. Um, yeah, so uh, of course the, uh, this, this scene also has fueled a lot of the Toby is the Scranton Strangler, um, uh, conspiracy theories out there, uh, mainly because they are at Toby's desk watching this all go down and Toby isn't there. Um, there's also, um, people have Matt like identified the car that's in the chase as a car that is sometimes in the parking lot. 
mm-hmm. at the Dunder Mifflin uh, Scranton branch. But that car is not in the parking lot on this day. And Toby is not there this day. So that must be Toby's car. Um, in all likelihood, it's a crew member's car. <laughs> and uh, and they've used it a few times. Uh, but yeah, I don't know. What do you think about all those? Uh, I guess we have a whole conspiracy theories episode if you want to go back and listen. To I that. think we have a Scranton Strangler episode as well. Um, but you know, it's funny. And I feel like in previous times, I was not always willing to go down the rabbit hole on these conspiracy mm-hmm. theories. But yeah. maybe as time goes on, um, maybe I'm like Pam, where uh, she's like, <laughs> you know, I used to not care if Dwight was a, what was it? a beet farming bachelor. <laughs> but make, being a mom makes yeah. you so soft. Maybe it's uh, maybe it's time in old age, but I'm very soft to the conspiracy theory now. So it's conspiracy theories now. I love it. Let's let it be told. Yeah, you're here for it? Yeah, I'm here for it now. Yeah. I like that's great, man. That's exciting to me. <laughs> I I like it too. Um I, I think it's uh people have also mentioned that Gabe could also be the Scranton Strangler. I think there's some evidence to that, but this is by far, far and away, um the uh the most potent evidence. Uh, that uh, the anyone in the Scranton branch is uh, is the Scranton Strangler. Um, but yeah, I think that takes us into uh, this episode, which is um, all about Gabe, uh, kind of in a way, as it all takes place at his house. I mean, well, it starts with Aaron talking to Michael and Mike, Michael doing his West Wing uh, walk and talk. Love um, that. Yeah. And uh, then, <laughs> uh, you know, Michael plays that trick on Aaron and and uh, then, you know, like they're, everybody seems really excited, right? Michael's a total gleek. Um, he's excited to be there. I love the way that Aaron just kind of laughs instead of being kind of uh, upset about the way that he treated her for this joke. Um, <laughs> I'm, I'm not actually mad. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but then yeah. um, it turns to be about Gabe when Michael goes into the break room, talks to Kevin. Kevin's like, got to go to the boss's party, right? And then all of a sudden it flips where Michael's, uh, you know, Gabe's, not, Gabe's the not the boss. Yeah. No, Gabe's Michael, you're the boss. You're the boss. I did see it brought up uh, in some corners of the internet that this is kind of weird because th- this little interaction, because uh, – it's kind of a repeat from something that happened during costume party. Right. Mm-hmm. Kevin, Kevin's mistakes Gabe for the, like Michael gets mad at him because Kevin mistakes Gabe for the boss mm-hmm. or kind of, they have this moment at least where he's like, <laughs> it's the, it's the no way Jose uh, scene. But, um, <laughs> but it is a little funny that Kevin makes this mistake two times. <laughs> well, it's funny. Like it's, it's, they don't really ever clarify who is the boss and who is not. Um, and it's, it's funny. Cause yeah, it seems like they should have figured it out. Or they should have been able to communicate it because on some level, it doesn't seem like Mike Gabe is anyone's boss because, um, you know, as you've seen, he can't like suspend, uh, Jim and Pam. And, right. um, <clears throat> there never seems to be any tons of conflicts when it comes to running the office between Gabe and Michael. Um, Gabe is the corporate liaison but it seems like Michael reports more into Joe than anyone else. Yeah, it, it seems like, I mean, if anything, Gabe is a, a bit of a corporate spy perhaps for Joe. Um, it's, it seems to be the most power that he actually has. 
His real job, I think, is to actually promote sticky quips within the office. Ah, yes. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Not all the time. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, and also, um, of course, this is during the time that uh, Gabe and and Aaron are dating. um, And uh, and it's a period where Andy is still interested in Aaron and is kind of trying to win her back. Um, so that's another, uh, key plot line of this episode. And I, I guess there's, um, a, a C storyline of, of Jim and Pam or mostly Pam trying to deal with, um, baby CC's sleep reversal or mm-hmm. cycle reverse cycling. Reversal. Yes. Reverse cycling. Um, but, but uh, I think, but yeah, I think, go ahead. That- that takes us to Michael's or Gabe's apartment, excuse me, when everyone is kind of gathered and we see, you know, it's make your own pizza night, of course. And <laughs> we see everyone gathered. It is funny to see how many people are fans of Glee. I guess we see Kelly and the talking head talk about that show. It's just irresponsible. Um, but Kelly's a big fan. Oscar's a big fan. Michael and Aaron, I guess are big fans. So there are, there is a strong Glee contingent. Um, Yes, and it's very funny because it really brought me back to like I think around the time that this episode came out, we were in college together, and we would go to viewing parties for things like The Office, things like Oh um, yeah, Game of Thrones or Lost or something like that. Like there were different shows we get together and watch, um, and I don't know if that really happens so much anymore. No, I I don't I don't know if it does. I mean, we got into some Zoom watch party stuff uh, during during the COVID times, but that was uh, fun. Yeah, but I don't know um, too many people. Yeah, who do that anymore? At least in our friends, I have been watching a little bit of uh, Ryan and I have watched The Curse with uh, with our friends uh, a few different times. That's about as close as we've come. I guess as a as a sort of a tangent thing, we'll get back to the episode, I promise. When you're watching these viewing parties or when you go to these viewing parties, are you more often like the person who's really serious and wants to watch? Or are you the person who's just kind of there to hang out? Yeah, that's a good question. I feel like I feel like with The Office, I feel like I wasn't as serious about watching it with everybody because it was distracting. And I always was just like, I'll just watch it again, you know, <laughs> Um which was probably harder at that time. I don't know if you could just like immediately rewatch it at the week after it aired, but, um, but uh, I, I would say I'm not as, I think it's just kind of hard to pay attention when there's a bunch of people around. How about you? I have been in both camps for sure. Um, with a comedy, it's not that big of a deal because yeah, like you said, it's a little easier to rewatch. It's still easy to follow the plot. If you miss, you know, an episode, you can watch the next one. No problem. Um, I will admit, I mean, as evidenced by the fact that we're doing this podcast right now, I was a huge fan of the show while it was on the air. And I did, I was very serious about wanting to watch it every week. Um, So Mm -hmm. I was kind of one of those people who always wanted to hear everything. And, you know, but Mm -hmm. at the same time, um, for for The Office, I was definitely that way. Uh, I remember actually in college when we started, everyone was watching Lost. I got back into Lost. I had kind of fallen off just because I wanted mm-hmm. to hang out with everyone when they were doing that. Yeah, yeah. And then um, the last example that I have is Game of Thrones. I think that's the last show that I watched like that. But that was one where yeah. I kind of, again, again, uh, my inner nerd is showing. But I just wanted to watch. I wanted to hear all the lines and like know what was going on. And um, Yeah. Yeah. If I well, always felt when, very when, vindicated 
when I could answer questions that people had during the show. <laughs> well, I was going to say, I, I wonder if you were annoyed when we would do the Game of Thrones watch parties, because I feel like you were always the one who's like, oh, yeah, that's, you know, Aragorn, like, that's her uncle. Like, you know? <laughs> and we're like, oh, we've never seen him before. There's and you're so like, many Actually, things wrong with the sentence you just said. Season one. <laughs> <laughs> you know what i will say i will say this again uh this is the uh the the this is high nerd factor coming in i never minded answering questions when people wanted to know what was going on but i did mind when people were like loud and i couldn't actually enjoy the show you know <laughs> yeah but i get it people want to get together and hang out so i don't know i guess an open question for our listeners uh throw it in the discord as well uh viewing parties do you still do them i mean sporting events is one thing but like for a TV show, do you guys get together and watch shows like this? Um, or is that a thing of the past? You know? Hmm. Hmm. But um, I do I do feel like we get to see a little bit of that from everyone. I, I love that we get to see Michael and Gabe clash right away because Michael wants to turn the volume way up. Gabe wants to turn it way down so that people can talk. Um, mm-hmm. I love that Kelly is on the opposite side of my question thing where she's like, I'm sorry, is this a Glee watching party or Glee pausing party because we keep going through trivia (laughs) about every single actor. Yeah. 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 And you also get Phyllis being like, who's that? Who's that? Which one's Glee? (laughs) You have to stop. Yeah. You have to stop. That's a, that's a repeat line too from Toby uh, Mm -hmm. (laughs) telling them, telling Andy and uh, Dwight that they have to stop playing uh, wagon wheel. Um, No, it's take uh, me home country roads. That's what that's what it is. That's right. Uh, before they even turn on the show, though, too, you kind of get this a little like there's not an official like uh, ab- apartment tour, but I love that that that's always a thing. Anytime they go to somebody's house, right? You get in the dinner party, you get the house tour when Jim has everybody over for email mm-hmm. surveillance. Um, it's essential, <laughs> and uh, you kind of get them all hanging out all over the house in in. Uh, Gabe's bedroom and stuff like that. That's where he introduces his, you know, he went to, he studied abroad in Japan. And so he's fascinated, fascinated by all things Asia. He has the Chinese, uh, vitality, virality, vir. Yeah. Virility herbs. Virility herbs. Uh, I like that, uh, that uh, Ryan's into all this like kind of guy stuff. He like recognizes all these specific things. <laughs> I love what I love Ryan. He comes in, he's like, ah, oh, red's tube studio, studio uh, stereo, respect it, respect it. Um, <laughs> and then there's also like, there's a line that I love where he's like, you know what they say? And then Andy goes, no, what? And then Ryan just keeps going. <laughs> <laughs> Forget yeah, the teapot I mean, letter. I want to know what they say, Ryan. I, I I wonder if um, I like to imagine at least in this uh, scenario that it's almost as if Ryan and Gabe read the same like GQ article about <laughs> the essential man, <laughs> what the ins- essential bachelor has in his uh, as in his uh, apartment. I mean, I think Michael Michael outlines it pretty well. He says that Gabe likes to entertain a lot and he cooks in an oven. <laughs> <laughs> Versus a microwave, I'm sure. Yeah. Yeah. Michael's got those bag of boiling bag vegetables, glass sangria before you know it, ready for bed. <laughs> um, 
But yeah, so uh, like you were saying though, that the, a lot of this tension starts to rise as they as they sit and watch Glee. Uh, Jim gets in big trouble at one point for. <laughs> I do. I like the how they use the. Yeah, I like how they use the uh, the DVR uh, to create conflict here. You know that uh, Oscar's pausing it and that set them behind, and then when Jim changes the channel, they lose it. No, I wasn't recording it. Do you, why do you need to record it? Right now is why. We're living it. Right now is why. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and then I think it's funny, too, that you've got, like, this group that's watching the show, and then you've got, obviously, Pam and the baby, but there's, like, this group of people milling around. It's, like, Aaron and Andy and Phyllis and Daryl. Um, you know, uh, we've been talking about Daryl a little bit recently, just the three of us co-hosts, uh, kind of randomly, or I think it was suggested. Daryl revisited, maybe. Um Yeah. But I do love when Daryl comes in in this episode and he's like trying to give Andy a pep talk and he calls him a you looking dude who likes sweaters and wearing sweaters. He's like, I'd pick you every time. Yeah, I I do love that that uh, Daryl is kind of trying to to start up a a fun little conversation with Andy. (laughs) You know, he's like, yeah. Like, wow, I wonder if there are people in Asia with a bunch of our stuff on the wall. <laughs> That's like a good yeah. conversational question, I think. Totally, you know? totally. Like, yeah. that is like, oh, what do you think it would be? Like, you know, like. Like, there's got to uh, be someone who like from, I don't know, I'm making it up. It's like, let's say there's somebody from Japan who studied abroad in Michigan and they were really into college football and they brought back a flag and a bunch of memorabilia and stuff. Like, I think, Yeah, for sure. Um, <laughs> and, uh, but I also love that Daryl opens with have a shot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, I saw it. Uh, I saw someone mentioned online too that like, uh, do you think Daryl poisoned Andy because he gives Andy the shot and doesn't take his own? Mm. Oh, that's interesting. I mean, he also yeah. he also kind of. <laughs> I love that he opens with "have a shot" and then he ends with "and I'd blow your mind." <laughs> if I had to choose between. A- a Gabe looking dude who likes Asian stuff and a you looking looking dude who likes sweaters and wearing sweaters. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's very sweet of him to say. And then, uh, and then uh, Andy gets the idea to uh, pour all of the uh, dried seahorse into his glass of wine, which seems to have a, an effect. I don't know what, what's your, What's your stance on whether or not maybe this is a placebo effect? Um, or I mean, I think something happens drug. to him. Yeah. Because he has to throw up later. Um, yeah, he does. And it, he does, even for Andy, act very strange around Aaron and Phyllis. Yeah. It's a, it's a shame he really wasted, uh, you know, his peak uh, <laughs> from this seahorse high on Phyllis. He he seems to like you know he, he he's very very smooth and charming with Phyllis. <laughs> I I I'm trying to think of the other moments where we've seen Andy really drunk, and the one that I can think of, at least prior to this, is um, I mean I guess maybe dancing in the in Niagara, but I'm thinking of um when they have to do the order consolidation reports or something like that in Stanford, and then mm-hmm. you know one two three short. And then at the end, it's just kind of quiet. And Andy's like, I went to the mountain. I went. Da, da, da. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> Andy, no yeah. acapella. So that's very different from what we see from Andy on Seahorse. Yeah. Yeah. He does have, he has high highs and low lows. 
Um, yeah, that's true. Uh, I man, and I love when he finally does track down Aaron, <laughs> just like you were doing in your opening. This this weird four seasons in a day pickup line. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I saw somebody asked online too, like, is this a real pickup line that people use, or is it just some weird thing that he created? What do you have you heard anything like this? No, I have not. I also don't know how one would is supposed to receive <laughs> your four seasons in a day. It's it's highly poetic. Mm-hmm. It's the kind of thing maybe you only can come up with if you're tripping on a seahorse. It's the kind of thing if you're if you're yeah if you're and you would come up with it if you're Andy and you're feeling the high highs and you're thinking that closer you are to fine. <laughs> yeah, I love Aaron's reaction too. Like she's kind of like she's clearly concerned and she's like, "Are you having a good time?" <laughs> are you okay no (laughs) oh man and the move of of when he throws up in the bed (laughs) which is just red from from all the wine (laughs) and he just covers it with the pillow oh boy it really makes me not want to entertain people or have a party at our house ever again (laughs) or cook in an oven perhaps or cooking in an oven, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess uh, I one of my favorite things from this episode is Jim, Pam, CC Dwight. Um, I absolutely love when you know Pam is there trying to take care of CC, and Dwight comes in because he's telling Michael about the list of people that didn't come in to follow him. Me at first. And then he looks over at Pam. He says, are you going to quiet that baby or do I have to? I love the mm-hmm. look that Pam gives Dwight. Cause I think it's very yeah. well acted. Like that sort of angry, just like that look that says everything. Like, yeah, yeah. Like, it, I mean, she gives him a look like, you know, I, I should physically attack you right now, but mm-hmm. <laughs> I have to get back to tending to my baby. And then um, I love that Dwight just picks CC up. <laughs> and then for the rest of the episode, she loves him. I feel like that's a, an impression of um, one of the Bluths doing a chicken impression. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, and Dwight, yeah, Dwight it, is very, he's very, very good with babies, you know, but yeah, he, but his, uh, his remedy falls. That, yeah. That he raised all the other Bluth children as the youngest Bluth, uh, sorry, as the youngest Shroot, he had to raise all the other, all his siblings. And he has this ultimate parenting hack around a lump of suet or any other congealed animal fat, but kind of falls apart when Pam says, I don't think Gabe has suet. Well, here we are. Hmm. Um, <laughs> I also, yeah, I just, I mean, to just kind of dig into this, this little mini story within the story, uh, it's, it's, I love the way that this episode is very self-aware in that, um, you know, well, I guess first, because they're in that room and Michael says, better men than Gabe have tried to try to be my boss. David was fired. Charles got fired. <laughs> Jan went crazy. Ed Truck well, I got decapitated. <laughs> uh, and then uh, Pam, even when she's trying to tell Dwight, she's like, I always thought we would be you know, very good friends. We've been great friends. Do you remember your concussion? <laughs> and he says, I know, but you married my greatest enemy. He says, really? Because I always thought we had a charming back and forth. Like there, there's like a self-awareness <laughs> in these jokes that I always, I really, really, so really good. appreciate. Yeah. Uh, but so then good. I guess to kind of keep moving, like 
Dwight is requires pizza and beer from Jim, but then he's going to go out and meet Angela anyway. Um, yeah, we haven't even mentioned we haven't mentioned uh, that that you know the whole Dwight and Angela sex contract is going on during this during this period of time, and there's a very small moment at back at the office between Dwight and Angela where he says to her, "Tonight could be a good night for some intercourse." Um, yeah. uh, he also says, "Glee of all the feelings to make a show about thirst." Now that would be a good show. I would um, watch that. Uh, but it is also seeing Dwight with the baby being such a good, um, uh, caretaker for the baby that, that inspires Angela to right away be say, meet me outside at the Mm -hmm. the car, which perhaps was always the plan. Um, I, I love that we get these scenes of Jim and Dwight in the lead up that Dwight is able to kind of exploit it. And he's like, I will require pizza and beer from Jim. He says, now the yeah. pizza crust first. I love what he's like, Jim. surprise me. No pepperoni. <laughs> <laughs> I lo- it's just like, I love that he has Jim in the palm of his hand. And it, when Pam walks out, he says, uh, I would love a single piece of pepperoni. And then Kevin walks in and lays down eating a pig in a blanket in a blanket. Mm-hmm. I wanted to see <laughs> if I could eat pigs in a blanket in a blanket. I just love Dwight's low whispers. Beer me, Jim. Yeah. <laughs> Gentle. Beer me, Jim. Yeah, the way that he kind of like recoils from the beer coming in too fast. He's like, <laughs> yeah. Gentle. Um, and, and and even the way he's like guzzling the beer too, like with, with mm. making eye contact, it's very much like <laughs> I, Im- I imagine it's supposed to be like feeding a, a baby a bottle. But it's, it just you could tell like it's just giving Jim like the ick. <laughs> it is it is a classic Jim and Jim and Dwight scene. Uh, yeah, I prefer Jim. I prefer Dwight having that kind of power over Jim to like some of the Dwight pranks on Jim. Like I, I prefer the like he's holding the he's holding their baby and he's whispering soft <laughs> commands. Yeah. <laughs> he also I don't I don't know how serious he is when he's like, well then Jim will have to service Angela. You ever been with a blonde <laughs> before? It's the big leagues. <laughs> <laughs> Ah, uh, yeah, it's amazing. I guess you know, it's funny. I guess for the for the main storyline being kind of a little more tailored around Michael, Aaron, and Gabe, I don't feel like it's that dramatic because Michael is kind of I, maybe to bring things back to that storyline. Um, of course, Michael is like a very difficult. As soon as he walks in, he says like, "I don't know what people see in Gabe." He, you know, is he turns up the volume on the TV. Aaron tries to get him to help make snacks, cook in the kitchen, and. Michael accuses Gabe of trying to destroy the old ways. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Aaron asks, what is the longest <laughs> thing you've ever seen? Hers is the tail on a jet. And Michael says that Gabe is the longest baby in this room. <laughs> man, there's, the, again, man, like, Aaron is almost a poet sometimes. <laughs> What's the longest thing you've ever seen? The tail of a jet. That probably is the longest thing I've ever seen. Um Let's take a quick break before we finish up, uh, and then we'll come right back and finish talking about Viewing Party. DraftKings Casino is bringing you only the best, classics like Blackjack, Roulette, and Slots, plus exclusive games you won't find anywhere else. 
My favorite casino game is poker. The betting, the bluffing, the highs, the lows. Uh, all of the best memories I have with casino games are around a poker table. Poker is also at the heart of one of the best episodes of The Office, Casino Night. Michael has two queens, and he's going to drop a deuce on everyone. Every time that Jim coughs, Dwight folds, and Toby takes Michael's money. But you never know if you're going to be, as Bob Vance would say, the winner if you don't play. Download the DraftKings Casino app now and use code MICHAEL. New players get an instant deposit match up to $100 in casino credits when you deposit $5 or more. That's code MICHAEL only on DraftKings Casino. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net in Connecticut. Help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. 21 plus. Physically present in Connecticut, Michigan, New Jersey, Pennsylvania, West Virginia only. Void in Ontario. Eligibility and other restrictions apply. One per new customer. Must opt in and make minimum $5 deposit within 7 days, 168 hours of registering new account. Max. Match $100 in casino credits, which require one-time playthrough within seven days, 168 hours. See terms at casino.draftkings.com slash new player offer 2024. I always like to begin the year by clearing out my closet, but this year I'm also upgrading it with pieces that will last beyond the season from Quince. I love shopping at Quince. Everything on the site is really stylish. The quality that you get for the price is amazing. And everything's really versatile, which is one of the things that I look for the most when I'm shopping for apparel. Quince creates timeless essentials that never go out of style. You'll have them in your closet forever. Quince has all the must-haves like 100% Mongolian cashmere crewneck sweaters from $59, 100% leather jackets, and fitted pants. The best part? All Quince items are priced 50-80% to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman and passes the savings on to us. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices, along with premium fabrics and finishes. I love that. I think my favorite piece that I have from Quince is actually a fisherman sweater. It's a navy blue, just like the one that Andy Bernard tries to buy from Andrew Santino in the boat. Uh, I like it because the quality is amazing. It feels like a luxury piece, even though it didn't cost nearly that much. Uh, it is nice enough that I can kind of wear it out, but also comfortable enough that I can wear it with a ton of different outfits, uh, style it day to day. It's one of my favorite pieces to wear right now. Upgrade your closet with Quince. Go to quince.com slash scott for free shipping and 365 day returns on your order. That's q-u-i-n-c-e dot com slash scott to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash scott. Welcome back to the Michael Scott Podcast Company, already in progress. We're going to finish out our, our discussion on viewing party and head to the conference room. I think the last thing that we that happens in this episode that we haven't really covered, um, outside of every you know little moment here and there, is Gabe, Aaron, and Michael, Michael going out and cutting the cable and uh, <laughs> then restoring it, of course. But I think at the end we have this moment with Aaron and Michael outside and Aaron says, or Michael says, I don't, I don't understand. Why do you care if we like him? He's like, I, she's, she only cares that Michael likes him because Michael right. is actually this kind of surrogate father for her. We kind of see that actually yeah. played out in real form, you know, this little um, scene that that happens. Yeah. I think what, what, what you were saying right before we took the break was making me think uh, just now about how, yeah, the, like the stakes are very low in this episode. It's like, really, what's the worst that can happen that, that you know, that people miss Glee, that this party isn't a success, that Michael doesn't get along with Gabe. These all seem to be low, you know, that it's not like the branch closing or 
or uh, somebody getting fired or anything like that. But even with even with um, the the stakes being low, th- this does feel this this weird little scene <laughs> between Aaron and Michael feels like a big payoff. There's it, I couldn't help but smile watching it. Um, maybe one because it is so weird and they're just a couple of weirdos <laughs> being weird. And it's just like kind of sweet. It's that that's just a sweet thing to see. Um and, you know, and and it, and in a bizarre way, Michael is kind of teaching Aaron a lesson here that, you know, even if he was her father, it wouldn't matter. You know, it's all that matters is that that she likes Gabe. Um, so she he just kind of like gives her something um, a little more literal to, to you know, I guess, to make that connection. But it's a really, really sweet scene. Yeah, I think it, it there's something that is very um not like rewarding but maybe like let's say unexpectedly rewarding about what is really an inconsequential episode um giving kind of a truth or an element about a character like Aaron, Aaron who is kind of shrouded in mystery as far as her upbringing goes, you know, living in the foster homes and I guess having scoliosis and uh right and being in the hospital for all those years and um, or not, not all those years, but anyway, we know that Aaron's yeah. past is, a uh, like she had kind of a troubled childhood, I guess. And, you yeah. know, when you think about her, you know, her, she grew up, you know, in foster care. And then you think too about, um, uh, her, her work experience. She was at the top, she comes in as a sort of like a temp <laughs> as a secretary. And then, um, you know, she talks about being at the Taco Bell Express and then not being able to keep up when it became a full-time yeah, Taco yeah. Bell. And then, you know, this job might be for Aaron like one of the biggest sources of structure and sort of family, quote unquote, that she's kind of had in her life. And yeah. Michael is kind of the de facto father in this family. And Michael and Aaron sort of need each other in a weird way. Like like Michael, if, if anyone in this show that we see, or maybe anyone who's ever lived, who is more willing to just randomly pretend to be somebody's father than Michael Scott for the sake of the yeah. fantasy and who desperately wants to have kids someday. Um, yeah, he's the little kid lover. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. <laughs> um, but then I, I think uh, you, you kind of nailed it where like by kind of jokingly saying it um, – you know, uh, you are not to see that boy ever again. Uh, there's something like very funny, like they can kind of let the tension out of this thing between them um, mm-hmm. by just kind of doing this. I hate your roof. You know, yeah. that girl is whatever I want. I raise the roof. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's it's uh it's very funny. I I you know I I just uh it, it's very sweet and endearing in that way, and it kind of comes not out of nowhere. Um, but it is surprising given how the rest of the episode is just kind of a funny episode, you know? Yeah. 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 I, I, it's, it's really, really sweet. Um, and it, uh, (laughs) it does lead to Michael telling Gabe if he ever, you know, harms a hair on her head, he'll kill her. He'll kill Gabe. (laughs) And he's like, I don't mean that literally, but (laughs) Truly, if you ever hurt her, I will literally kill you. <laughs> uh, so, uh, you know, yeah, it's um, it's very sweet. And then and then I think really all the only other thing we get from this episode is uh, is uh, a little bit of Gabe's 
soundscapes uh, that he likes to play. We get to hear some of it um, played for Andy as he's over the toilet. Um, I think I feel that I I get the sense that Gabe is familiar with (laughs) with these symptoms of uh, of the taking the seahorse. So maybe he's been there before. Um, He's not like, why did you eat that? It's like just dirt. (laughs) He knows Uh, exactly. He knows exactly what the uh, what the remedy is. Exactly. Maybe that was where his his uh, interest in playing soundscapes came from. (laughs) (laughs) That's true. Maybe that's what he does when he gets on that high from that, that seahorse high, that Rocky Mountain mm-hmm. high. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, before, really we, nice. before, we wrap, before we wrap our discussion, I do want to just correct myself a little bit. Correct myself before yeah. I wreck myself. Um, okay. Phil, I said that Aaron was in the hospital. I, th- I do think she's in the hospital from ages three to six, but then I think I said mentioned scoliosis. That was Phyllis. So um, oh, okay, got you. forgive yeah. me there, just uh, in case... You know, uh, you hold that against me. Uh, but anyway, um, yeah, there you go. Uh, well, great. If you have any thoughts on viewing party, um, shoot us an email at MS MS podcast company at gmail.com. Let's, and uh, if you've ever wanted to like maybe attend some kind of a viewing party with us, what you could do is listen to our show, captive audience, watch the movie we're watching and then kind of hear our discussion about it. That's, uh, what are the closest things you can get? So there you go. It's that easy. Uh, good plug. All right, let's head to the conference room. Okay, welcome to the conference room where this week we'll be discussing some news that has come out about the Office reboot, um, helmed by Greg Daniels. Some news pieces have been kind of coming out here and there, stemming from a few different reports, a few different outlets. Um, Some of these seem to be not super reliable or seem to be quoting other reports. Um, It does seem that the most central one of the central sort of publication about the Office reboot and Greg Daniels uh, comes from Deadline, and it came out um, on January 13th. But it seems like uh, they're going to begin work um, on uh, the 16th of January to actually kick off this new series, which is super exciting. Um, I guess... A couple of things wow. that are kind of that have kind of popped out that Steve Carell um, doesn't want to be involved, which I guess makes sense. Um, okay. I think there's been a ton of conversations, of course, about how the show could come back together. We have an episode from way back in the day about reunion or reboot. Greg Daniels has said multiple times, according to this, that he would not be interested in rebooting the series and revisiting the original characters and new actors. He's been open to continuing it in some way. Um, mm. I think. It says here, BJ Novak said, uh, definitely you wouldn't get everyone back together. That ship has sailed. Um, and, you know, this kind of leads to the question. There are some other articles that have come out in the past when this news came out during the WGA strike. Um, I think Puck had the article about it, about Greg Daniels saying maybe you would do like a different show or in the same universe in the way that How the Mandalorian was uh, set as okay. a new show in the Star Wars universe. Um, right, right. So interesting that maybe um, Steve Carell, granted, when I was reading about the Steve Carell piece that I've seen on social media, about Steve Carell not wanting to be involved, it seems like the source reported that to the National Enquirer, which I don't think hmm. is the most reputable, reputable thing. I could be wrong about no. that. Um, but it doesn't, it doesn't uh, seem out of the ordinary. That seems pretty consistent with what you might expect to hear from Steve Carell. Um, yeah. But anyway, all of these things, uh, this news coming out, how do you feel? I guess, number one, are you excited? 
are you on board? Do you support it? And then like, maybe what are you looking for in this new reboot whenever it comes out? Uh, yeah, I mean, I guess, I mean, uh, yeah, it doesn't surprise me at all that, that Steve Carell's not interested in, and in a way I'm kind of like, um, I think, I think that is for the best. I don't, I think that, you know, Michael Scott is, is so perfect and like, I don't really know what it's going to look like them trying to like bring that character back this, this many years later. Um, especially if Steve's heart isn't in it. I mean, I know that like the way that Steve Carell left the office was kind of like a little bit, probably left a sour taste in his mouth. So I don't know if he would be, you know, a hundred percent super excited to come back. Um, if you're not familiar with that story, I think there was like a whole thing of, you know, Steve Carell wanted to keep doing the office, but NBC was not meeting his um, kind of demands for, renewing his contract and they just sort of gave him the cold shoulder and said didn't they didn't need him anymore pretty much um but yeah i mean what what does this tell us in, in a solid way that so 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 they're thinking that this will the the office will be will have some of the characters from the original show is that what he, they're saying well, you've asked a very important question because the reality of a lot of these articles that have come out is that it doesn't tell us that much about Say what's nothing. happening. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. yeah, and I don't mean to bury the lead here because I do think it's worth talking about. Um, maybe, maybe the, uh, the the sort of thing you can take away is the first line of the deadline article: the long-awaited expansion of the Office universe appears to be getting closer to becoming a reality. Um, so, Greg Daniels. Okay, here it is. Greg Daniels is setting up a development room with his trusted writers. It is set to begin work on Tuesday to explore ideas for a follow-up series. Gotcha. Okay. That okay. to me so is they, very exciting because that seems that a little super, more like it's really things happening. are going to, things are, everybody stay calm. This is happening. You know? <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I am. I'm really curious. I mean, there's so many things you could do. I mean, there's different branches of, of, of Dunder Mifflin. Um, I mean, it could be an entirely new company. I mean, I would like to see them create some new. You know what? You know what I would like to see, and maybe I said this last time already. The, the Fargo TV show is essentially the move, the formula from the movie, and, and but an entirely new story every season. I think that you could do something similar with The Office. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. I think. I'd like to see, you know, just a new Dwight versus Jim type thing going on, a new Jim and Pam love story, you know, maybe with the roles reversed or something like that. I think um, I'm excited to see a new show with new characters, I think is what I'll say. And it'd be nice, you know, I would imagine that there would be some cameos in there and that would be great. Yeah, I agree. I think you know, the more I think about it, the more excited I get about them just doing a new show in this style with yeah. a different premise and characters. I mean, I think obviously like if, if there were no limitations, it would just be great to get more office with old cast Steve Carell. Like that would be great, but that's pretty much impossible. Everyone is yeah. at least, you know, is over 10 years older and um, mm-hmm. it would just, it would just be impossible for many reasons. But uh, I mean, it's just, it, and especially even just thinking about how like season nine was a bit of a fade away for the show. Like, you know, it's, it, they, they, they were starting to lose it by, by season nine. I, I mean, just imagine, I, I mean, 
it it could ruin the the legacy of the office if they came back and and it just wasn't anywhere near as good yeah but i i mean if you're telling me that greg daniels is writing a new show that is going to be produced in a mockumentary comedy format i'm ecstatic about that that sounds great like um, that sounds like yeah. exactly the kind of thing i want to watch and granted maybe i'm kind of primed for this because i finally got through all of abbott elementary um <laughs> nice. and I absolutely love it. I knew that I would, and there was no reason that I didn't. I think uh, guilty of just starting it at the wrong times and not continuing through. But um, yeah, no, I, I totally love that show, and it made me kind of, I, I guess, kind of reappreciate the format a little bit and see that there is still life in this format because um, mm -hmm. it's it's become cliche because it became so pervasive, and I think so uh, maybe well loved that it needed. You know, you need maybe you needed a. I mean, we think of the very big ones like, you know, The Office, Parks and Rec, Modern Family, and now Abbott mm -hmm. Elementary. Um, like, I think there is life in this format a little bit, and I'd be really interested to see what, what Greg Daniels could do if he was going to do that again. I'm assuming that it's a mockumentary format. Um, that seems like it would be the most true to The Office, but... Um, I would hope so. Like, if, you, if okay, let's say this. If Abbott Elementary didn't exist and they were doing the show and what came out of it was a show that was basically just Abbott elementary. I think that would be a huge win for everyone, you know? <laughs> yeah. So like, I would love to see a new mockumentary comedy with new characters and new situations and maybe even a different, like it could be a different workplace or something. Mm -hmm. Like, I think there's a lot of uh, room to, to play. And then, like you said, cameos, little details, winks and nods. Um, yeah. They don't need to be huge cameos, but uh, I think it could be a fun way to kind of build the universe out a little bit. Um, I will say too, like, I'm glad that, uh, that this is still through NBC and it's not like Netflix acquired the office and they're going to reboot it. I, I like, I mean, I like the idea that it's going to be on television. I, I mean, at least I hope it's going to be on television. It's going to come out weekly. Um, you know, it's, I think that that's important to even Abbott elementary as well, that it was like, you know, a primetime show and not something just made for streaming and it just all got released at once. And, um, so yeah, I mean, I would imagine hopefully there, there'd be a, a pretty good budget behind it and it would, you know, they'd be able to get some really good talent for it and it would be a really quality show. So see, that's I'm where excited. I'm actually kind of nervous because according to this, it's only going to be, our, it's only going to appear on CISO. <laughs> are you are you serious what is that no i'm joking but do you remember what CISO <laughs> was no i don't it was a streaming service okay through by <laughs> owned by comcast through nbc universal it launched on january 7th 2016 and closed on november 8th 2017 <laughs> <laughs> vulture vulture calls it the little streaming platform that couldn't <laughs> oh <laughs> uh, gosh <laughs> um but i know what you mean well, i think there needs to be like a network presence for the show like um, a yeah. show like this is better or, or i think stronger when there is like a network tv component um yeah yeah i hope so none of those people aren't also to make also able capable of making a stinker but <laughs> i think i think it's good that it's it's original home you know I guess another question for you. Okay, mm -hmm. Parks and Rec, conceivably or ostensibly, is a show made in this format. Greg Daniels not involved, right? Mike Schur, um, Dan Gore, like the uh, the creation of Parks and Rec. Is Parks and Rec yeah. part of the Office universe? 
that I mean, I think that's maybe I'm sure that's been talked about, discussed before online. But yeah, we I mean, I don't talked see... about crossovers and stuff as like kind yeah. of. I think it was one of our first Patreon questions. Something about Leslie Nope and what would happen if Dwight met Ron Swanson. Like these things um, have come up. But I guess um, I know Greg Daniels is a creator. Excuse me. Um, forgive me. Yeah. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I guess they certainly could. They totally could exist in the same universe. I mean, everything about it is is so similar. The style of television show and and the and the humor. Um, I don't see why not. Yeah, I I like I uh, I like to think of them as existing in the same universe. And then this new show, whatever it is, um, you know, also being part of this uh, this world. Yeah. Yeah, so there's a potential there for for Parks and Rec cameos as well. Maybe, I guess the only argument against that is uh, Karen Filippelli and uh, Rashida Jones and, and Rashida Jones. Yeah, or, uh, and and uh, Ann Perkins. Sorry, not Rashida. Ann Perkins. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. Um. Well, gosh, I mean, in a way, yeah, <laughs> it's like no no news really, except that hopefully we'll start start hearing more news about this show soon. Well, um, if it is really exciting. The line, I believe the line that got everyone going was it was like a list of projects that were supposed to be worked on. And it was like Greg Daniels was going to reboot The Office. Like and that was kind really of a thing that people kind of responded to as like, wait, what? Um, so now to get uh, an article granted, it's not like a quote from Greg Daniels or anything official, but um, sources tell deadline. Um Greg Daniels is setting up a development room with his trusted writers. It is set to begin work on Tuesday to explore ideas for a follow-up series. That is very exciting. Yeah. Very exciting. Very exciting. And we can do this podcast for more for years. It'll be about the Office for Universe. Years and years. <laughs> well, I sure hope so. Yeah. <laughs> uh well, that just about does it for today's episode. Um, if you want to call us and leave us a message at 503-694-9314, that would be great. Uh, we we uh, just had a voicemail bag episode, so we need some more voicemails. Uh, you can also email us at mspodcastcompany at gmail.com. Check out our store at mspcstore.com. Join our Discord link in the show notes and on Instagram and join our Patreon, patreon.com slash Michael Scott, five bucks a month gets you the Scott's tots access to main feed ad free episodes and a bonus mailbag episode every month where we answer every question that we get through Patreon. A uh, portion of those funds go to the third good Marshall college fund. Very special. Thanks to our Scott's tots for supporting the show. Special thanks to Kayla and Brianna for running our discord and to Ryan Lloyd, who designs our artwork. This episode was recorded on location in Portland, Oregon, USA, and Zurich, Switzerland. Thank you for listening. Thanks for hanging out with us, for supporting the show. Um, if you like the show, uh, please uh, go ahead and give it a rating. If you, if you haven't already done so, helps us, helps people find the show. Um, I know we talk about the Discord a lot, but that is one of the best places to talk to, not just us, but um, this weird, fun little community that we built. Um, it's unique, and I'm so happy that it exists and that we get to be a part of it. But Discord is a really easy way for us to just interact quickly and, and in a fun way with each other. Um, and I just think it's uh, I just would love to see you there if you're not there already. But anyway, thanks for listening. Um, thanks for hanging out. And uh, I can't wait to get more emails, get more voicemails, get more uh, things sent to us so we can keep the show going. I can't wait for the next episode. But until then, take care. Stay safe. See you next week. Pippity poppity, give me the zoppity.
Yes, sir. Closing time. Every new beginning comes from some other beginning's end. Good night. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.